Um, Matthew Lee covers the courts um, for his own site, he also writes for other publications, um, and I met him last year when we were working on the Epstein Glenn Maxwell documentary, and we needed to get ourselves into the federal court arraignment of Glenn Maxwell, and we met him then and, and he was very helpful and showed us around but he's also been in this business for a very long time he knows his way around all of the buildings and all of the document cases and um what we want to do is matthew have you tell us a little bit about how you got into this sure business just briefly and then um we would like you to go over just some tips of how you know these guys these are graduate students they're they're in their second semester of a three-semester pro program. They're going to go out and work in our business, hopefully. And uh, they don't, you know, they, they need to understand like where to go online or physically walk into a building. To if, if an editor says, "Hey, you know, somebody just got arraigned in federal court in Brooklyn," what does that mean? Sure. So I'm throwing it, I throw it to you to to help us out and we'll have some questions, specific questions for you. Um, but uh, please share a bit of your wisdom. And we've got about, uh, we've got about 40 minutes. Okay, no, that's great. That, sure, that sounds good and feel free. I think questions will, questions will work well. But hopefully this actually telling you how I got into this may begin to tell the story. I was covering it, uh, the United Nations and there were a couple of uh, UN corruption cases here in federal court in Lower Manhattan in the Southern District of New York. So initially when I was coming here, I was just coming for one case and I didn't have a pass to come into the building. So like anyone else, the courts are open. So if you want to go to a federal court, you know, they're probably going to take away your phone, but uh, you can get in and you can go, uh, you know, you go through a metal detector and if you know the case you're, you're, you're looking for, you go up. I, I took it a step further and I, I've had some issues with the UN, which I'm not going to trouble you with here, but I became a full-time court reporter. So I started like, uh, I'll even, the way it works here, I'm now like a, you know, a, a quote, in-house reporter. So I have a pass, I can bring in my laptop, I have a little cubicle. But they told me initially, no matter how good you are, no matter how big you are, um, just covering coming to the federal court to cover one case, you're not going to become a, a, a you know accredited to come in all the time. You've got to cover more cases. So I started covering more cases, and at this point, I'm write, I, I write about ten stories a day. Not all the cases are big. In fact, many of them are cases that other people don't cover. Like I would say, like seventy percent. Well, I don't know if that's true. Uh, Fifty percent of, uh, of federal judges' dockets are are you know drug crimes, drug crimes, gang crimes. And there's almost no coverage of that. I will tell you that I cover the, the magistrate's court here. And also today I covered a, a gang case with five defendants, you know, brought in in shackles. And other than their lawyers and some family members, there was nobody in the court. So one thing I, I do want to do in this is to make kind of a plea. I understand that wherever you go to work, they'll pretty much tell you what to cover. But if you have any, any kind of a discretion or freedom, there's like a lot of things that are not being covered. And although there's a lot of discussion about, you know, uh, racial disparities in sentencing, you can go to a sentencing and you're going to find nobody there. And maybe it's because people are just looking at statistically or maybe they're, maybe, you know, media, the media industry isn't a problem and can't send people to cover these things, but they should be covered because people are being sentenced to like 30 years 
and there's nobody there. So to not, to not make it a sob story, I, I, I got a little more, more systematic. And for federal courts, at least, the, the thing you need to know is PACER, right? It's an online database of federal proceedings. Um, sadly, it charges 10 cents a day. I mean, 10 cents a page. Um, one of the reasons, it's, one of the benefits of being an in-house reporter here is I have kind of unlimited PACER as to the Southern District. Like, there's a terminal and um, they give you, I'm not sure if you can do this elsewhere. I can sign up to get notifications of cases. So I'm covering, I, I mean, I, I write 10 stories a day, but I'm probably following like more than 100 cases. So whenever a filing is made, I get an email that says there's been a filing. If I'm in the courthouse, I can read it for free. If I'm not, I would have to pay 10 cents a page. So I usually don't read it until I get to the courthouse. But, you know, this, I guess the, the, to step further back, a key, you know, and, and maybe this is obvious, but a key thing to covering courts is to get the number of the case. This is important. Um, especially if you want to do something systematically, but every case has a number. In the federal system, it's the year and then two letters. It'll either be CR or it'll be CV, which is civil case, of which there are many, uh, or it'll be MJ, which is magistrates, uh, which is usually a, a criminal case as well. And then it'll have an index number. I would say the Southern District is up to about 10,000 magistrates cases a year and probably six to 800 criminal cases a year begun. And they're done chronologically. Today, actually, I didn't know this even in coming into work, that there would be a big um, arrest and, uh, and indictment and press conference about a guy from uh, Archegos. It's like a hedge fund. The guy stole like $35 billion. Anyway, so there was a press conference. That was very exciting. Everyone is covering that. Meanwhile, right before I came to, to, to do this Zoom, I was covering the guilty plea of a guy who was extradited to the U.S. For, for illegal import of rhino horn from West Africa, and there's nobody there. He's pleading guilty. I've seen his case for like two years. Uh, some publication in D.C. called me because they didn't, no one was covering it, so they, they quoted Inner City Press, etc., because it's like a wildlife case, but it's a pretty big case. Like, I, maybe if it was a courthouse in Kansas City, there'd be more, you know, there's a lot of things going on here. So one guy from Liberia who's been in, during COVID times, in jail in the Essex Penitentiary for two years. I'm not saying he didn't do what he said he's, he's pleading guilty to, but it's, it's, to some it seems kind of overcharged. Like, there was this huge disconnect where the judge asked him his educational background so he could plead guilty. The guy said, well, not employment background. He said, you know, I sold um, used clothes uh, in Liberia, then I sold uh, used shoes. His lawyer is like, the judge is not interested in that. He just wants to make sure you're competent. But the question is, is this guy, should he be going to jail for, you know, 10 years and then be, be deported? I don't know. It depends. I mean, and I care about rhinos rhinoceros, hopefully as much as the next person. So the key is, if you hear about a case, whether you hear about it in the news or an assignment editor says a case, you need to get the docket number. Once you have the docket number, you can look at the docket. And then you can see not just what you see in the courtroom, but you can see all the filings that were made. You can also check, check the docket number and know when to go back. Okay, I'm, I'm stopping here. Because when you say docket number, sure. you have to explain what it is. But how do they find it? Do they just Google it or do they put the name of the case into PACER? How it, do you find yeah, it's it? not as easy as, as, as you think. And thanks for asking that. I have... Uh, you could. I haven't had a lot of a lot of uh, even being here. I haven't had a lot of, uh, of 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 success with that. You can. The way Pacer works 
if you have the full name of the defendant, you can plug it into a, a search called query where you can put in the first and last name. The problem is if your defendant is named John Brown, you're going to be screwed because there's going to be a hundred cases involving John Brown. And it's going to say John Brown as a defendant, John Brown as a plaintiff, John Brown as an attorney. So, I mean, if it's a unique name, no problem. In fact, there's another, and I don't want to, to, to not be promoting Pacer and its 10 cents a page charge. There's a, there's a free service. It's not as good, but it's, they do great work. And it's called Court Listener. So you should go to courtlistener.org. It has basically all the federal courts on it. It does its best to have listings of dockets. You still often don't get a free, a, um, free documents. Um, you can sign up for something, and I, I, this I think is a great project. It's called Recap, which is Pacer spelled backwards. And it means that if, if, if you pay the 10 cents, you make it available for everyone. It's kind of, it must have been found legal, they're not being prosecuted for it, but what it means is that Pacer and the court system maintains that you should be paying the 10 cents, but once one person pays the 10 cents, if you're part of Recap, you can then read it for free. And hopefully when you have a few bucks, you buy a document and then other people read it for free. So I leave it, it's like, a, it's like an extension uh, to, to Chrome or whatever browser you're using. I leave it on all the time and I'm happy, I hope that people, when I do bite the bullet and pay 10 cents, um, can benefit and get from it. So that's the, 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 I want to give another example. When I first got here and I started like looking for cases, right? It was like, so I would go to the magistrate's court. There's almost no other media there. But even in cases where people are being brought out of the, the holding cell, um, you know, with, in shackles and they're assigned a lawyer that they've never met before, they say the case name really fast. They'll say like, okay, U.S. versus somebody, uh, 22 mag, and, and it's not always that easy. So, you know, I've gotten to the point where 